So when we started this podcast, uh, we really didn't know um, kind of what would happen, like who do we meet along the way. And uh, we've actually, I think, met some pretty cool people, uh, you know, along the way. I know definitely like David is our, our number one fan. We appreciate that. Uh, Sean, you've met a bunch of people that you've uh, managed to keep in a basement and force them to listen to. Yes, yes. And, you know, I will tell you that at this point, I would consider them to be almost 57% sane. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, obviously, I've got to turn up the frequency of the recording. Yeah, get get so. those are rookie numbers. You need mm-hmm. to get those up. Yeah, I've got to pump those I'm, numbers. I'm working on it. I'd like to send, though, a, a shout-out to Basement Dwellers Nick and Doug, uh, <laughs> who are listening on a fairly regular basis. Uh, Nick is relatively new. Nick, I just have apologies for what's to come, but Doug's caught up. So. <laughs> we, we know Doug. Doug deserves everything that happens to Doug. <laughs> yeah, this is correct. Doug. Oh, Dr. Doug. <laughs> yeah. You know. uh, Two people I want to call out particularly, though, are, are pretty good friends of the podcast. Um, one of them is our good friend, Sonny, who uh, recently did a photo shoot on our uh, on some Instagrams uh, for the new T-shirt we've got out. Uh, coincidentally, if you want to buy a T-shirt, just, just you know, message us. We'll figure it out. Funny uh, story. But sh- it, shout it, out to... T-shirt won't have anything to do with the podcast, but we can sell you a T-shirt. Yeah, can, yeah. I got a lot of old T-shirts. And I'm just I'll, I'll wear it or I'll rub I mean, it on myself if you yeah, want some essence. It'll be unlaundered. <laughs> T-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> or so. we can even send them clean. That's fine. I Whatever. Mean, if you insist. Uh, we do have some Adventure Vault t-shirts, though. So, you know, heads up. But uh, on Instagram, she is SunnyGram417. Of course, we rep the 417 24-7. Springfield, Missouri. I feel like having some cashew chicken all of a sudden. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, but definitely check her Instagram out. Uh, also, if you need any like, modeling work done, she is definitely uh, the gal to talk to. Works great. Uh, another one who recently uh, just did some art for us is our good friend uh, Tara. Uh, Instagram is spooky underscore T underscore. And then that, that's her normal Instagram, but her work Instagram uh, where she does her art is hella, H-E-L-L-A dot haunted. Uh, she just did some character art for all four of the characters. We're going to get that up in some fashion. So shout out to uh, two very special ladies who have uh, been friends of the podcast. We appreciate y'all. Very talented artists mm-hmm. both in their own way. Yeah, those pictures are legit. That is, yeah. Uh, that, that's great. Mm-hmm. No, she, she did a great job. Great, great job uh, drawing them. Um, actually, the photographer was, uh, you know, yours truly. Yeah, I mean, some people are less talented. Yeah, than yeah, you know. You know. <laughs> I mean, Th- thankfully, Sunny still shines through. Thank you, thank you, Gavin. I, I, I thought nice. that was gonna just no, no. skate on by. But anyway, back to our shitty podcast. (laughs) 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 Thank you. Thank you once again to our three fans and the two artists that we've somehow managed to cajole into doing things for us. Say confidence. God bless them. Attractive. (laughs) Yes, but pity gets shit done. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take it. This is the Adventurer's Vault. Follow our epic journeys and hear amazing tales. Join our heroes as they bravely face grave dangers and mysterious evils in distant and unknown lands. Be sure to visit our website, theadventuresvault.com, for episodes, links, and show notes. Music and sounds provided by Sirenscape. And now, it's time to open... The Adventurer's Vault. All right, welcome back, Vault Dwellers. I believe we left off with you guys setting sail, leaving Caliban behind, and, um, you know, a few things happened while you're there. I don't think they're really worth mentioning. But, <laughs> but you do sail west, 
Uh, you catch the trade winds that would take you back towards Faradon, and you are heading towards the continent of Nimpash. Nestled in a small bay just east of the northernmost tip of the continent is the town of Helmsforth. Although the bay is protected from the more volatile winds, few ships put in at Helmsforth. The northerly trade winds coming up the coast of Nimpash uh, collide with the westerly trade winds and make it difficult sailing. But this wasn't always so. Before the Dark War, Helmsforth was a thriving port with many ships braving the winds. Not far inland, among the tall peaks of the vast Golnir mountain range, lies Nogost, the largest of the seven dwarven kingdoms. For centuries, the vast underground realm of Nogost used Helmfirth as a trading port. Nogost was built near rich veins of precious metals. The smelteries of Nogost were the stuff of legends, producing not only some of the finest steel of the realm, but bars of other precious metals. Trade built Helmfirth into a rich and prosperous city with its streets and wards carved into the rocky coast. Layers of vast terraces housed a thriving populace of nearly 30,000 souls. But that all changed with the Dark War. The onset of fighting led the Dwarven Lords to make a hard choice. They recalled all of their citizens and shut their doors, sealing themselves safely inside. Many of the citizens of the world still resent the Dwarves for hiding away and not helping in the war against Faradon. But even all these years after the war, the Dwarven Kingdoms have not reopened their doors nor reemerged. For the town of Helmfirth, the change was devastating. Thousands of dwarfs living in the town packed up and uh, left nearly overnight. And without the prospect of trade, ships quickly quit visiting the town. Some people left for richer prospects, but many who still remained could see only one solution. They quickly took what steel was left and smithed grand weapons and armor. Training and practicing before setting forth to fight, um, it was a source of pride for the soldiers uh, from Hel Helmsworth. They knew the only chance for the city to survive uh, was to help win the war and reopen trade. So nearly all who could hold a shield and spear enlisted to uh, save their way of life. Fighting on several continents, the Great Shield Wall of Helmfirth became a welcome sight on many battlefields. Often holding vast flanks and anchoring many defensive positions, their shining shields and patriotic pride created an impenetrable wall. The Fridian troops dubbed them the Sunrise Brigade, as their shield wall of Helmsworth reflected enough light to create a glow on the battlefield. So when it came time to launch the assault on Faradon, the, the brigade of, of Helmsworth was enthusiastic and ready to charge forth. But they shared the same fate as all who went to Faradon, and the light of the great shield wall of Helmsworth was darkened forever. Now Helmsworth is a practical ghost town. Once a thriving city of 30,000, now fewer than 1,000 people walk the great stone streets of Helmsworth. Those who still live there make do with small fishing boats and the clever use of terrace gardens. The citizens work hard to try to keep their town well kept, but the vast emptiness casts an ominous shadow. As you sail into the bay, it's easy to imagine a once grand city in better times. The vast stone terraces and estate houses still stand. Time has done little to erode their grandeur, but their emptiness makes them seem more like ancient crypts waiting for the dead to return. Despite this ominous beginning, as you sail into the small port, you are warmly greeted. It seems the citizens of Helmfirth have not lost all their enthusiasm. Dozens line up on the port to greet you with mugs of ale and baskets of food. They gift you simple necklaces woven from long stem flowers. One man stands am out amongst them, and nearly a head taller than everyone else, and wearing shining armor and carrying an impressive greatsword. You see the unmistakable sight of a paladin of Tardis. He strides forward towards you and rests a sword in a manner that you've seen before, a stern face that seems both pleasant and intimidating at the same time. 
They don't get many visitors here, but, uh, but it's their way to praise everybody who arrives. They begin uh, prepping for a feast as soon as your sails came into view. I'm known as Forster, but I hope my profession is obvious. I suppose I should start by asking you what you're doing here. You know, I just want to say an observation from my character. No one has ever been that happy to see our group in the past. <laughs> I mean, holy crap, I, I'm instantly suspicious. This can't yeah, be right. Uh, Usually it's like, go scum, get off the boat, and get up and do something. Blah. I mean, this is absolutely the nicest a paladin of Chartis has ever been to me in particular. <laughs> I was going to say. Uh, so. Yeah, he's like, like, but like, point being, he is still brandishing a weapon. So Roddy pulls his sword out and is, has it in the exact same manner. Yeah, I get it. He's a paladin of TARDIS, but like, it's like, mm-hmm. ah, I'm friendly holding this Glock. And you know, that's kind of their stick, but that is what he's doing. Yeah. So, he, so he, you know, he does. He's, he's like, we don't, uh, not many people sail here these days. Perhaps. perhaps. Right. We, uh, we had to do some research. Yes, we appreciate this uh, welcome, um, and, and we, we want to bid you um, good day, and thank you for this reception. Uh, we're not accustomed uh, to such... Um, oh, this isn't my doing. That's people of the town. Well, they're very friendly. I, I really like this shell necklace that they put on. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's very neat. So, uh, we talked to the head of your order not too long ago. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how's I, he doing? She is doing very well. Thank he, you. He kind of gives you a knowing nod. Oh, I see what you guys did there. That's, mm-hmm. that's very clever because she it's actually a female. You were mm-hmm. testing him, right? Mm-hmm. See if we were lying. Yes, yeah, so very clever. Well, I am Father Becker. I am the high priest of Emerin, primal god of Earth. And we seek... Like, he visibly gives you the what look. <laughs> Are you not familiar with uh, Emerin, primal god of Earth? No. Well, you know, I would be happy to discuss um, Emerin and his teachings with you if you'd like to spend some time. Maybe we can have an ale together. And the, this is also him. not the forum for conversations of that nature. If you catch my meaning, Paladin. Well, I, I can tell you that um, I'm committed to spreading the good word of Emerin. More should be worshipping him. Everyone should be worshipping him. He, he, he's giving you guys the serious, you know, very look over, you know, not the once over. He's giving you like the fourth and fifth over, uh, being very skeptically minded. Um, but at the same time, he's watching how closely how you interact with the, the townspeople. And, you know, they're very much fawning over you in a way, but they're not idiots. I mean, they're just very excited and very much want to make you feel welcome. Wish we had some trade for them or something. Tway with you, filthy dwarves! <laughs> but, uh, Paladin, Paladin, excuse me, is this not a free port? Mm, very much. I could not prevent your being here out of good conscience if I wanted to, but... Um, or at all. So should we see ourselves in then? <laughs> <laughs> That's my boy. Yeah, there's moments in this campaign where Roddy's looked at Haytham and been like, that's what's up. This is one of those times. Like, is is Shiri and Roddy just have the moment where they look at Haytham and they're just like, I raised that boy. Yeah. (laughs) I'm so proud of my baby boy. So after a moment, he kind of rolls his eyes and uh, puts his sword back in his sheath and, like, gives you the by all means gesture. I'll thank him in Dwarvish. No. Wait, um, is he a dwarf? Like, no, he's not. He's he's human. He's, he's yeah. very tall, built. Um, they got a type. I just yeah, think he, it would be hilarious if he boy. didn't speak dwarvish for some reason. Um, so interestingly enough, he does. Uh, he, and he answers back in, in, in dwarvish. Uh, he gives you a very, very uh, simple greeting. Um, and But you can tell like his dwarvish is not good. 
you know, it's not polished. It's not excellent. I'm gonna fuck him up over this. <laughs> this is clearly somebody who who speaks broken dwarvish, but but I mean it, it's passable. It's it, he's conversational, but uh, yeah. Are you a co-op? You gotta tell me if you're a co-op. <laughs> Um, but the town folks, they, they, they bring you in, and they don't seem to be all that interested in why you're here. But they are very much, you know, they're, they're throwing a feast. Yeah. You can actually see people going up, you know, putting up, like, festoons, um, making a little stage. They're very happy that you guys are here, and they don't seem to care why. I, I, wanted to, I, I want to make sure that I am, <clears throat> I'm going to be spending some time here with the, the townsfolk, just kind of, you know, glad-handing people and uh, being friendly. And, uh, you know, if I see anybody who's got a... You know, some sort of ailment or something. I'll see if I can maybe help them out on the medicine side. Basically, um, gen- I'm genuinely concerned and, and wanting to spread goodwill. But um, you know, I- I'm not going to hesitate to um, mention Imran if I have that uh, <laughs> that he he blesses these people and so forth. Um, and these people are they're doing okay. They're 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 not impoverished or starving. There's just only a few of them in this this vast town that you can see because mm-hmm. it's all carved into the stone for the most part. Um, so it's just there's just not very many of them. But they're trying to make make it look like there's more. Sure. You, you can tell that they've they've you know gussied up as much as they could, and and put, put a lot of effort into it. Excellent. Um, at at some point, um, I might ask him. You know, is there um, besides the paladin over there? Is there a leader for your town or someone? Uh, a mayor or a, um, a council or anything like that? He kind of gives you a little bit of a nod and walks over. Um, and there is an old man. He's kind of sitting up on a, l- a little bit of a fence. And he's human. Mm-hmm. Like the, This is Denton. He's town elder. There's not much on titles or offices here, but, but Denton is, is close to being in charge, as you'll find, I guess, in these parts. I'll say, um, Denton, is it? Um... Very good to meet you. Uh, I'm uh, Father Becker. I'm the high priest of uh, Emerin. And uh, uh, my companions, would you care to introduce yourselves? This is uh, the, the, um, the leader of this town. Uh, pleasure to meet you, Quains. I'm Roddy, avatar of Razor. Nice to meet you, avatar. Hey, Roddy's fine. Uh, Roddy, 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 sure, Roddy, Roddy. Uh, you lads? Captain Asturian Davenport, Rincian Army. Hey, from Hallwood. Pleased to meet you. No. Says in Dwarvish. You don't have a fun title? I'm working on it. Uh, he doesn't answer you back in Dwarvish, but he, he answers you back in, in common. Uh, but he understood the Dwarvish. You know, but you can tell by the answer that he, he at least understood what you were saying. Um, well, aren't you guys uh, a motley bunch? No, no, no you, you, you've, got a, you've got a keen eye. <laughs> and he kind of you know gets up off the, the fence, and he really wasn't sitting on it so much as he was leaning back. And he, he's got a, a little staff, and he walks uh, over close to you guys. And he, he looks at Father Becker. And do you have your holy symbol out? I do. Um, he kind of comes over, like, almost awkwardly close to you. And he reaches out, and he's like, eh, eh, eh. Yeah, absolutely. Please and examine it. He, he, he kind of looks it over. Um, let's see. <laughs> well, I suppose that makes sense. Probably here for the dwarves, then, aren't you? In fact, we are. We were hoping that you might be able to... Uh, give us some instructions uh, or, or guidance on how we might be able to find and, and enter into uh, Nagaras. Um, we, uh, our matter is quite urgent. We, we have important business with the doors. Yeah, that's what the big man over here is here for. He, he points at the paladin. He's trying to get the dwarves to talk. Oh, bloody hell. Oh. About, about what? 
Hmm? My, my mission here has been to try to regain some sort of negotiations with the dwarves and maybe convince them to open the doors. Hmm. We, we would like that as well. We, we have something very important to talk about. I mean, I can take you to the front doors. They've, I've gotten so far as several members have, have come to... There's a balcony there, a guard post, really. Uh, so they, I've managed to speak to some, but they've been polite, but we haven't really made it very far. It's, uh, it's something, then. Um, but the old man is, like, still... He's still fiddling with your, your holy symbol. Like, when again, almost weirdly... We weirdly close, and he's like, mm, I, I, "I didn't think this would return." What? Well, you seem awfully familiar with this symbol. What, what do you know about it? I've seen it before. Where, where have you seen it? Right here. In town? Mm-hmm. Almost this spot. Last time I saw it, it was over there. And he kind of points just a random place in town. It seems. Is there oh. a, 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 a temple or something? No, or? no. A few years back, there's, there's a dwarf. He came down from the mountain. He was ancient, even for his kind. He, he carried a symbol just like that, maybe even that one. Said his name was uh, 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 Dordier. Yes, he said his name was Dordier. He gave us that symbol in some strange book that we couldn't read. He said someone would be along to collect it, and he passed away in his sleep that very night. You know, would you believe it? There was a ship showed up the next day, and a, a man came asking about those items. He refused to stay for festivities, and they quickly sailed away. I, I uh, say, did he Did he look like, and then I'll describe the man, the priest that I um, took these items from in the boat. The old man kind of looks back, and yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, he wore robes, well, kind of like yours, actually. Mm. Oh, yes, yeah, a little, probably uh, not as ratty as these are these days. Yeah, these were nicer. Does this look like the book? And I'll pull out the, um, the, the holy mm. tome. If that's the... That, yes, that's the one. It's curious, curious. Hmm. Um, were you familiar with this symbol at all before that? Before the dwarf showed up? Uh, no, I'd never seen it before. He, he seemed. Um, what's the right way to say it? Like maybe he had lost use of his faculties. He didn't really make sense. The old dwarf? Yes, but he was kindly enough, but he spoke. Not all there. Do, do, you, do you recall what he spoke, even if it didn't make sense? It was bits and pieces. He kept talking about the past and the future, and and he kept talking about the the different gods and and different wars, and uh, he almost sounded like a prophet if it made any sense. Huh. And did when he died, did your people return him to the mountain, or did you bury him around here somewhere? Uh, he. No, he he asked for a, a, a funeral by Pyre. Oh, so you, so you burned him? Yes, yes. It was it was here in town. It was it was his wish. No, no, he's buried out by the town called Pyre. <laughs> yeah, what a silly question. Just wanted to be laid to rest within the city. Yeah, couldn't let the meat go to waste. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Turns out dwarves are st- stringy in their old age, you know, except the fat ones. <laughs> Ah, if they die in their sleep, the adrenaline doesn't get in the meat and ruin it. Yeah, I was going to say, you got to... I mean, what you said makes 100% like, like truth scientifically, but it was just like, oh, wow. Dude, I mean, you, you guys know that, that radio DJ Bubba the Love Sponge, that's what he got in trouble for because he castrated a pig on, on live on air. Because I wasn't they were, expecting they, that. Yeah, they were going to do... 
they were going to do a they were they did a barbecue <laughs> and what they did is they because they didn't want the before they killed him they didn't want him to inject all of these hormones into his system and so they castrated the pig before they slaughtered it but they did it on air and so you, you heard the pig squealing as they cut off his nuts. Oh, no. And he, the FCC apparently had a problem with that. <laughs> Weird. So, yeah, it's funny how that works. Well, that, that took a turn. Yeah. Um, All right, listeners. So, <laughs> And now we're going to recreate that right now. I like how you just casually um, mentioned, yeah, so it. you know that one time with the castrated pig on who's, the air. Who's squealing like a pig? Well, it was, <laughs> it was Ethan that brought it up. <laughs> I feel like that's... Which one of you is Ned Not Beatty? entirely true. But. Not it, by the way. <laughs> I, I'm from Georgia, so I'm playing the banjo. That's that's what I've got <laughs> Sometimes my brain makes weird connections because of the meds. Y'all, ha- you know. y'all here for the pig castration? We don't get too many visitors around these bars. <laughs> You're just playing seven degrees of Kevin Bacon, but at light speed in the dungeon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got it all figured out. So, <laughs> so dwarves or hillbillies, is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> they are now. <laughs> yeah, all the dwarf folk followed themselves up in the holla when the wall came. <laughs> Dwarfish is just like some Appalachian dialect. <laughs> don't get many of you time. Don't get many. Fuck my life. <laughs> don't get many tall folk around these spots. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, do you guys. The, the old man finally lets go of the holy symbol and kind of wanders back to his little leaning spot on the fence. I think we. Uh, I, to the paladin, I would say. Um, when would. Uh, how, how quickly can we uh, make another attempt to try to speak to them? Because. Again, our matter is somewhat urgent. <sighs> we could probably head up in the morning. It's not not pleasant at night. The winds are pretty rough, but uh, we can go up in the morning. So how long have you been uh, deliberating with them? Uh, I've been here for a little over a year now, but I've really only uh, made contact in the last few months. Oh, my God. So it's going just kind of okay, you might say. There was a lot of me uh, shouting at the windows, so to speak. Ah, how's that working out for you? Well, they, they eventually did start to talk, so I suppose some progress is better than nothing, but um, eventually maybe I may be assigned a more glorious duty. You, you oh. might find that glory may find you even in places like this. <laughs> H- have there been any other visitors here, by the way? Any other ships pulling up recently, maybe with yeah. um, crew um, expressing similar interest in, in access to the Dwarven City? Uh, since I've been here, you guys are the only, the third other ship to arrive. The last one was several months ago. Um, they they got blown this way in a storm. They put in here for a few days, resupplied, and left. Uh, the one before that, uh, believe it or not, was actually here looking for trade. Uh, they do make a few things. It's pretty rare, but every once in a while, a trading vessel will stop by. You know, there... I glance at my companions. There may be others, other groups that are on a, that they are also seeking access to the city and frankly they may not be as diplomatic as we are um, they they may not have the best of intentions um, does this town have any defenses the, the old man he kind of well, I mean we have a few weapons but uh, I mean not not enough people come here to really need much we're pretty simple fishermen these days are you familiar with the horse fleet? Uh, we've had pirates here before, but they've always been amiable. They are currently allied with cultists of Gilgamok. Uh, if you see those sails coming, get your people out of there. Make what defenses you can. They will not be friends. Assume they are bad, because they will be. Uh, we're not dwarves, but there's still some of us that know the mountain passes. We... 
we're more of a run and hide kind of that's that's kind of defensive strategy there's oh. nothing wrong with that but make sure you do it don't question it don't wonder you see those wholesales you get out and he does the he doesn't necessarily give you a concerned look he, he kind of almost almost questioning to a certain degree but a little bit deadpan as well um, I, I sense he thinks we have overinflated opinions of ourselves, which is true. I think <laughs> that's probably correct. But and oh well, there's not much action around here. And in my life, the one dwarf coming down was a lot of excitement. The the paladin here has created quite a stir since he's been here. And I'm just worried about life escalating things. You may be living in more interesting times than you're used to soon enough. And we're sorry about that. How did the paladin react to the um, us talking about a cultist of Gilgamar? Um, he didn't look shocked at all. Okay, so he's been keeping up on current events. He's just read, been reading the daily paper. You know, yeah, I was going to say, it's a the, the gazette. I've been listening to this shitty podcast, but there's not much else out here. <laughs> Boy, those guys are idiots. <laughs> you remember when they did that chain of exploding skeletons that kept injuring them? <laughs> what a moron. I can't get critical role out here, but for some reason I can get that one. Yeah, it seems to be everywhere. <laughs> I don't trust that Father Becker. Uh, yeah. But I mean, Arati's not picking a fight with anybody, but he's also like we're still pretty pensive. Like, yeah, and the the Paladin Forester, he, I mean, his stances are less guarded. He doesn't seem to. Be, he's still keeping an eye on you guys, but it seems less. Uh, he's worried about you guys starting a fight right now, and more just. Yeah, I'm gonna keep an eye on those guys. Yeah, that's not unwise. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, after a while, you guys even think that you know these good-hearted town folks—they're probably also keeping a little bit of an eye on you as well. You notice that it doesn't ever go very long before one of them comes over and offers you something or brings you something. Mm-hmm. It's all innocent enough, but if you really pay attention, you're like, oh yeah, they're not completely trusting in idiots. They—they're they're just killing you with kindness uh, i for one love this place first of all we're on like solid ground a decent continent um and i just feel like oh off the ocean feels so right and furthermore they keep handing me cool stuff like um first of all this lizard on a stick is delicious <laughs> this is some of the best i've had i don't know what kind this thing is that's the, the cler- connoisseur of that stuff, that's the you? old cleric we were talking about <laughs> <laughs> oh you know what he's not ch- not not <laughs> chewy at all i mean it's really If if you age it in butter for like a year, it's fine. That sounds delicious. (laughs) What part of the body of the dwarf is this? (laughs) The shank. Hmm. Well, let me just tell you, sign me up for another round because this is delicious. (laughs) Yeah, and and like I know for me, like Roddy will like accept anything given. Like, oh, here's an ale. Thank you. So here's some dwarf. Yeah, and they're they're bringing you enough to make you comfortable, but nobody's like trying to ply you with it. They're not like, no, drink more, drink more. Um, they're just making sure that you're you're comfortable, um, and there's a bit of a town square, and that's where they're setting up. And you know they they bring you in, and a lot of people are coming up and like pelting you with questions. Nothing too crazy. With rocks, what? Yes. Mm-hmm. No. 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 Slay them all. You know they they want to hear. They're you're outsiders. They they want to hear your stories. They want to you know they want to hear pretty much everything you know. They're very eager to to listen. Well, it began when I was four. Me and my twin brother lived. <laughs> <laughs> I saw these people walking away looking really disturbed. And he's going to traumatize the whole oh, village. Crap. He once. told his origin story. Oh. Didn't he? God damn it. Yeah. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll tell some uh, some exciting stories. Well, then skeletons came after us. Oh, and let me tell you, we heroically dispatched them. Let me let me assure you, it was in no way uh, embarrassing <laughs> use of positive energy and. 
anyway, start, uh, start so telling they, them the story of the siege of Halbeck. <laughs> and you know, like I said, they're, they're willing to listen to everything. And after a while, it really does kind of settle into a, an honest to goodness festival. And while you guys are kind of the stars, and by the way, the rest of the crew is in here as well. Mm-hmm. They're all getting the same treatment. Everybody's having just a good old time. They're just taking advantage of this time to to enjoy themselves. There's dancing. There's a little troupe of musicians that set up on on a stage. Um, you know the they're regaling the the sailors with their own tales and vice versa. Um, so it, it kind of just turns into a, a whole thing. And it's honestly very pleasant. Probably been a, quite a while since you guys have had that pleasant of an atmosphere. Just very calm, relaxed. Plenty of food, plenty of drink, and plenty of merriment. Why doesn't the, everybody stop here? This is a lovely place. I quite like it. We're going to say really nice things about this place when we go back. I mean, you guys Certainly. are getting like a five-star rating. Uh, and, and, uh, oh, yes. You like right here with like the the Temple of Jomael. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Hmm. At, at some point, Roddy, and then it, like through the evening, it's kind of like he's like spitting something on like the little bench or whatever. And he looks around and sees Captain Lino. You know, like he picks the thing up and goes and sits by her and talks. Like, hey, you got a minute? Uh, sure, she says. Uh, I've been thinking about a lot of stuff. How much is the fleet helping us because I'm with Raja? And how much is the fleet helping us because technically I'm still a lieutenant? And she really does take a moment. Like, mm-hmm. when you ask that, she gives you that look like, well, she'd never really considered you know what all the reasons were I want to say that those answers are one and the same but you know the, the more that I think about it the more that I learn you, uh, I wonder how much of this wasn't just pulled this way by, by other forces I don't know that they're doing it for you at all but at the same time maybe it is I don't, I don't know anything more about your connection to Raja than anything else. It seems like maybe she's been guiding this all along. I just I've been through going through a lot of changes in my life right now and uh, I'm trying to let go of things. And uh, I think the only way I'm going to be able to move forward is to let go of some more. And like he puts like something down on the bench next to her and it's his little clay commission deal. And he's like, I think I gotta let that go too. And she kind of gives you that look. She doesn't immediately reach out for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but she doesn't immediately push it back either. She says, you know, in the private world, I was always the black sheep of the family. As much as House Clay was my heritage, House Shepherd always seemed like my home. I, I never really understood why. I, I knew so many of their secrets. Their guarding the secret of the children of Rasia was so much a part of who they were. And, and what they were doing. And I never understood how the other fleets could have other interests. They always seemed so so petty to me compared to something that important. But I've, I've come to realize that that's not what was happening at all. The, the, the clay fleet in their own way was protecting the shepherd fleet who was protecting the children. My mother knew about them the whole time. I, my sister knows about them. We've always seemed so driven that the pirate nation always seemed to be a force for some reason. This can't be a coincidence that it came when it did, it happened when it did, when we are where we are. It can't be a coincidence that these dark forces decided to 
to come after part of the fleet. If they if they corrupt everything, it only makes sense that they they would corrupt some of us as well. So, as as much as I would tell you to keep it, I I think I think it was never you to begin with. And I think that's something I need to find out. But I uh, I know what it's costing the fleet for you to be here, and. It's good to have you as a friend, Lena. And I'll pr- we appreciate everything you've done for us. Well, for a better or for worse, this is this is our destiny. This is our destination, whether it's whether it's right or wrong. And she kind of just takes another drink and looks back, and and you can tell that she's processing all that. But she eventually does pick up your your little token and uh, pockets it. Right, just like walks away. I'm drinking a lot. <laughs> I just want that noted for the record that I'm going to partake and I'll be dancing and I'm going to be, um, you know, just having a good time with these people. I like them. Uh, I have a quick question just about um, thing you were saying. What, like, like, what month is it? Like, around, I'm trying to remember, like, time here for, maybe, like, what season is it kind of thing? Yeah, or? like, kind of, like, um, it's, Latish summer, late summer. Okay, not real late summer. It's getting getting on a little bit. All right, and where you guys are now, you're I mean not far from the equator, so it's fairly warm here. This is almost like um, I don't think of like Cabo San Lucas. It's going to be weather like that, mm-hmm. where it's always warm, but at the same time you got a pretty good amount of, of salty sea air and wind, um, and especially with the mountains here, like the the town square you guys are at, you can tell was built to be a little protected from the wind but if you guys wander off much you notice it it's not like horrific but if, like if you wander off in one of the terraces or something you're going to notice and feel the wind so which you by the way nobody stops you from from going anywhere like so the paladin's kind of keeping an eye on you but even after a while you see him grab a mug mm-hmm. and and kind of help you know chill out roddy is not tying one on because he's a grumpy boy <laughs> i mean assuring would just probably be Partially participating in the festivities, kind of disassociating a little bit, because I just have a shearing as he's constantly looking at everything, trying to, like, he's constantly scanning the entire area. But um, you know, part of the way through it, it might be, might be dancing along a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. just a little something, just a, a slight smile. And you do think that the majority of the town is down here. There's like, you know, there's obviously some people not there and, and some wandering around. But this is a good chunk of people. So there's, I mean, a thousand people is still a thousand people. So there's plenty of room for you guys to mill around. It's not like there's 12 of you in one little spot. Yeah. Um, and you seem to be free to roam around the town as well. Uh, a couple things you do notice. Um, you can tell that the port was much larger. Um, and they've obviously demolished um, sections and piers that were in disarray and they just keep this one small pier area in in good condition but you can definitely see uh where the landings would have been the layout it's all pretty pretty obvious when you when you begin to look around like there's more docks with their older and disrepair kind of thing maybe well like anything those wooden they tore down okay but you can see where like the the spots would have been where it was carved in where the docks would have went out you know there's obviously even a street that runs down through there that nobody uses anymore um i mean there's nothing that says you couldn't go down it but 
it's obviously not well kept and and there's definitely no light down there because once the sun goes down that's the one thing that makes it really obvious in the other sections of town is there's no light uh, you know when it was daylight you can see these terraces and these layers and these big areas and they look so cool um but at the same time when the sun goes down like there's just obviously nothing there you can tell the section of town that's that's used at some point i might wander over to a shirian with uh, an extra mug maybe one of those moments when you're having you're having about a, a pensive moment where you're mm-hmm. kind of observing what's going on and, and so forth and uh i'll say ah sure in here I, I brought you this it's uh, it's it's an ale it's good it's it's surprisingly good for for some place this far out from civilization thank you father ah uh, yeah so um I, I have to tell you, I've had a few of these, and my mind goes in many directions. And so I was, I was wondering something. I um, spent a lot of time on the ship with wind filling the sails, and, and I can tell that this place has, it, it certainly has a, is a breezy place, if nothing else. Does it speak to you? Does the wind speak to you? If you may be the avatar of, of air, do you, do you hear anything? I do not. Have you tried listening? Not necessarily. Today may not be the greatest of days, but... Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's not, and I know you have your demons that you wrestle with, in some cases almost literal uh, demons, um, but um, I, I'm certainly no paragon for, um, for becoming a person of faith, but I, I will tell you that sometimes whenever I've sat down and tried to reach out to Emerin, I, I found peace. And I didn't even necessarily know that I wasn't at peace. I just thought, I just thought it might be worth trying for you. You know? Mm-hmm. Maybe finding a quiet space sometime and listening to the wind. I don't know. I've, I've probably had too many of these. I, I, uh, I, I, I'm going to go get another lizard. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be back. Thank you. Yeah, that's you have a good time. Yeah, that one over there is pretty, isn't she? I mean, you go with that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, the blonde's pretty nice too, though. I mean, she's like an impash seven, but like a Caliban three. Oh yeah. Do <laughs> yeah. you think she's got dwarven blood in her? She's stout. Uh, I mean, you could find out. <laughs> well, there's well, your pickup goodness. line. Getting dwarvish in you? It's not yet. <laughs> Welcome well, to the Adventurer's Vault after dark. Here we go. Uh, so, do you guys have any other uh, yeah, people you want to talk to? At some point, like um, Roddy will like look for Haytham to have a break in a conversation, kind of just go over, sit by him, like, "How you holding up, Hate?" Well, I don't know. It's a little weird. Feel like I've lost a couple of days. You know, keep checking the calendar, and it's off. There's been a uh, been a lot of changes recently. Yeah, certainly have. How uh, how you holding up with all that? Well, can't help but feel a little guilty now that there's a demon roaming about somewhere out there. I guess this must be how uh, Shirin feels, like, all the time, though. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like, there was already a bunch flying around. I mean, honestly, what's one more? We'll, I I guess. We'll deal with that when we, it comes up, you know? But, like, personally, you've had a lot of changes in your life in the recent months how do you how do you handle it in that i mean like like how how do you handle that i 
I don't know, you know, it. some of it's happened so fast I haven't had time to process, but I don't know, I thought some on the ship over and I don't know, change is something you can't really fight, you know, when it's outside of your control. I don't know, like, you, you're a sailing man, like, you can't control the wind, you can only harness it to go in one direction or another. I mean, I guess I used to be a sailor, I don't know, right? I mean, like, I've had a vision in my head of who I am, I think that's true of everybody, but like, I've had that vision for a long time. A long, long time. And I don't think I am that person anymore. And I don't think I know how to handle it, to be honest. What, what person do you... What person do you want to be? I don't know. I hadn't thought about it, but I... I got no fucking clue. Well, maybe, uh... Maybe that's the problem. I mean, I was, I mean, I was a, a sailor of Caliban, and a lieutenant, and lieutenant in this fleet, and a lieutenant in that fleet, and I was the guardian of a household, and I'm none of that. Well, what makes you say that, though? Well, I, I mean, Caliban's obviously not my home anymore, and if I'm to be this avatar or whatever this is, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a sailor for the clay fleet anymore either, I'm, I'm this. But I don't know how to be this. And, you know, you're the only one that's kind of gone through some changes recently. I, I don't know. I had no idea how to be the hunter. Right? I still don't know. Might not be anymore. I, no, I don't know. I just make it up as I go sometimes. And Is that is that going to be enough? Oh, hell if I know. Pardon <laughs> <in> my pun. <laughs> Roddy does like chuckle at that. Like it's, it's kind of funny. Like yeah, hell if I know. Right. Well, I. I don't know. I feel like there are times I can't shout out, but it's all I've got on me right now. I'm questioning everything, and I. That's it's hard. I don't know how to deal with that. I don't. I don't know how to be, a just a Roddy. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, there was a time you didn't know how to sail, right? <laughs> kind of had to figure it out. Yeah. I had, uh, I had people, though. People to show me. So while you guys are having this conversation, there's that, that moment, um, where something feels off. Mm -hmm. It's like your spidey senses both go off at the same time, and you kind of look at each other as you realize that both of you had that moment um so let's quickly run over to father becker reflex second <laughs> and so, stab him <laughs> when you say that that moment was that a moment of attraction between no. the two of them they <laughs> each other's eyes. was it <laughs> uh, maybe Secret make a charisma that's what they are good so father becker uh, you're chilling out somewhere you got a fresh oh, drink um there's a comfy chair and you kind of lean back and you don't know if you really fell asleep or you just kind of, you know, drifted a little bit. You're just relaxed, you know. It's like feels good. Yeah, you, you know, the musicians are actually pretty decent. Um, We're back and, on dry land. I mean, yeah, you know, and that really makes you so much more comfortable and just at ease. And like I said, there, you don't know. Maybe you did drift off for a moment. You don't really know. But like, there's this moment where you're there and not there at the same time, and you start to to see things almost in little 
flips and flashes. You you kind of have this moment where you see these these large doors. Um, they're they're almost a bronze maybe. It's it's a strange metal, and they're just gigantic, and they're closing. They're closing fast, and you're trying to run to get through them, and you don't know if you're going to make it. Then your your vision kind of switches to uh, another scene, and you have this vision of these gigantic boulders, and they're they're swirling around, and they're just spinning in the air, and you realize that like it is the air that is spinning them, and you you don't know, but you in that moment you feel. Uh, excited and nervous at the same time. Something about that scene, you know that this is an exciting thing that's happening, but you also know it's a dangerous thing. And then you have this other scene you drift to where you're seeing more through your eyes and, and you look up and you see Roddy and he seems to be standing over you. And it, it's, it's different. Roddy looks very different, but you know that it's Roddy. And he has this very solemn look on his face. And down near him, you realize there's another, there's a little girl there. She is reaching out and holding your hand. And she's saying, Papa, don't go. Papa, don't go. And then, like, your vision drifts away again. And suddenly you are in, for lack of a better phrase, a jungle. There's ferns and and giant trees. They're, They're tropical trees. You've never really seen them before. And you hear these these roars and these shrieks of creatures you've never you've never heard before and part of you wants to run but part of you feels at home there and then suddenly you like you you drift back and the music around you starts to kind of kind of come back to you okay couple a few questions do that that when i saw the doors closing uh and i felt uh, a need to run towards them um Obviously, there's a sense of urgency there. How urgent did that feel? Like, should we be moving tonight? Or is this a, um, just don't dwaddle? It seemed very nebulous. All of it seemed very, very nebulous. So actually, when you think about it, the, you were not running into the doors. You were running out of them. Oh. Mm-hmm. Did they Did they appear, from what I've heard, of like Dwarven make? Maybe. Um, by the way, uh, Roddy and Haytham, and even Ashiri, mm-hmm. Roddy and Haytham were together when you sensed something, and it one of those nebulous sensations. Yeah. And Ashirian, you get it too, you just weren't with them, and you know something, like something just happened, but you don't know what. Uh, Roddy stands up, and he's got his hand on the sword, he's looking around. Ashirian immediately starts looking for the other three. Yeah, yeah. Like, like stands up and like is looking over the crowd. Like, I, I will immediately go to them and uh, I'm assuming probably to uh, to Haytham and Roddy since they're together and looking around for Ashirian and I will say I have just had a vision we felt, I, looked, mm-hmm. I looked very serious like not we, like I was we felt something but it, what was you what did you see I saw I saw strange things by the way the the did I feel that the because um, <clears throat> I've had this before where I've sensed a vision where I've been in another body did I feel that that was me on the ground or do I feel that I was seeing through someone else's eyes the only way that you can think of it is that that may be you. Hmm. You don't know it's you, but you don't know it's not you. You think it could be you. It, it's a weird sensation that you have. It's too real to be a dream, but too non-existent to be real. Okay. 
there's really no good way to describe it. You you just don't know, it, but the whole feeling is just strange to you. So I was sitting over there in that chair, and um, I have to be honest, I'm fairly deep in my cups, and um, I don't know if I fell asleep and dreamed these things, or I don't. I feel it's more than that. I feel that I've been sent a message. I think Emeron has has sent sent some visions for me. We were, it was me, and and, and I was. There were, I was underground, and there were these large doors, maybe bronze or brass or something like that, a metal, I believe, and they were closing, and I had to get out of them. So I was running to try to get out before they closed. Then, then there was a vision. I could look at Asherian. It was boulders, big rocks. But they were floating in the air, though, mm-hmm. but the air was clearly pushing them around. And whereas in the other, I had a sense of urgency, and, and here I had a sense sort of of wonder, but, but also a bit of a sense of danger. Um, and, and then I was lying on the ground. And, and Roddy, you were standing over me. I, I don't remember seeing a weapon in your hand or anything like that. But there was a little girl, a little blonde girl, who was holding my hand. And she said, Papa, don't go. She appeared to be very upset. And then I was in a jungle. And I heard the strangest creatures somewhere in the undergrowth roaring and and making noises and it it sounded like something from another place or another time and and i wanted to leave because these were scary or frightening noises but at the same time there's something intriguing about them i have a suspicion i wonder if those are some of the creatures that were sacred to Imran once upon a time primal creatures that strode the earth. Roddy, did you kill Father Beck in a previous life? Uh, would I know that if I had? That's fair. Uh, I don't understand anything you just said. Well, no idea myself, but uh, I kind of have to wonder. You you said you thought Emeryn was speaking to you, but we all got that like tingle on the back of the neck, you know? Maybe your gods are speaking to you as well. You just haven't learned how to listen. Maybe. I think that's kind of judgmental, but whatever. <laughs> Seems a little personal. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'm sorry. I, I'm not saying guess, you're wrong. I'm just saying you're, it's kind of a bummer that your guys didn't see fit to give you a textbook like mine gave yeah, you. Yeah, it's, it must be nice to have a, yeah, a head start. I can read the whole thing now, too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's pretty neat. Earth it, really, for dummies. It's yeah. pretty nice to be privileged, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, follow, follow your dreams, I say. Yeah, so. yeah. It helps yeah. when you're halfway there already. Yeah, great. <laughs> You, do you know I can create an earthquake? I, that was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I remember a, when I brought that whole mountain down? Go to Rector 12. I had a, I had a small loan of a million dollars from my god. <laughs> he wanted me to be happy. How's your gods? Uh, that, Couldn't no, tell you. Couldn't tell you. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. It's all wishy-washy at this point. We've been traveling pretty fast. Yeah, the winds and the, <laughs> and the waters seem favorable. I mean, I guess that's and, nice. And you know, that's a fair point. Like, your yeah. journey this time also was... Like it's fairly smooth. Once again, the sailors are just convinced that you're you're just flat good luck there. They, they all but worship you at this point. That's probably the the correct procedure at this point. You and that other crewman, Mister Prostitute, <laughs> Smitty. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> you call him by the familiar name. We call him by his official title. He's like, my name is Timothy, but whatever. <laughs> Smitty, get over here. God, I hate that guy so fucking much. If he wasn't the Avatar, we Also, he's killed a lot of people. 
and I'm just an NPC. <laughs> oh man, I don't even. I haven't even reached first level. Come here, Smitty. I'm coming now. Use the voice I gave you. You're welcome, Good. Now sing, sing, Smitty. Sing a shanty for me. She roses, I hope she roses. Ah, dulcet tones of Smitty's songs. He's got a voice like an angel. <laughs> Don't know what you're doing on a ship these days. Early in the morning. Why does Smitty suddenly look like Zach Galifianakis? I don't know. Yeah. They, it, it comes from that movie Yellowbeard, where there, there are these uh, snotty British uh, aristocrats that are on the ship, and he's like, oh, I'm Lord so-and-so, and this is my companion, Mr. Prostitute, and it's a blonde girl with a fake mustache. <laughs> She'll be joining me, he'll be joining me in my cabin. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, we're looking around. Uh, where's Forrester at? Like... Um, I mean, he's over off of the side. As far as you can tell, nobody else seemed to notice anything mm-hmm. was different. It's getting late enough that you see some people have started to wander off. It hasn't, you know, the party's not dead yet. Yeah. But the people who put in earlier kind of have kind of wandered off. And you know, Forrester's over. He, he obviously has some people that he's just kind of more comfortable with, and they're they're chatting, um, chatting away. And he's he's been drinking and eating, and everything seems fairly normal. Other than that, I'll pop over and be like, "Listen, I reckon you're the kind of guy to get an early start." I think some of us are ready to turn in. You got a place where we could crash? Um, Forrester kind of, he waves somebody over. He's like, yeah, I, then they have a room. Um, and sure, somebody comes over and they're, they're like, oh, yes, yes, yes. It's all, it's all been made ready. It's all been, and there's a house near, just up on the next level nearby. And somebody will take you yeah. there if you guys are. are oh, that's <laughs> the old Miller place. That's where them kids died all them years ago. <laughs> uh, Ten years ago today, as a matter of fact. Right, dead kids. I'll sleep. <laughs> no, this isn't anything too dramatic. Um, you guys can tell that what's happened here is there's the area of town that they still kind of occupy, and this is just one of the nearby little abodes that they keep decent enough just in case. Um, but it's just a small little stone house uh, carved back into the side. It's been obviously swept out, maybe wiped down just a little bit, but there's really not much more in there than a few cots. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's been made ready for you guys, but there is a small table with like a basin of water. Um, the basic needs for you guys, and that that's it. But it's comfortable, so the doors and windows open and close if you shall choose. And Well, they might go to bed earlier than I do, because I'm going to probably revel until such time as the revelry is, is mostly done. And um, <clears throat> one thing I would like to do is, um, at, at some point, you know, whenever things have died down, maybe people have gone to bed, um, as uh, wander over to the spot where they built the pyre, and maybe just sit down on the ground mm. and um, just kind of calm my thoughts. Uh, probably, I, I'm assuming I'm swooning a little bit, um, uh, having consumed a fair amount of, of, of ale and mead, and just sort of um, just sort of uh, do that commune thing, that meditation thing again, and specifically um, kind of reach out and say, "Do a deer, or you're." Is your spirit around here yet? Do you occupy any of this earth? I know your ashes have been scattered to the wind, but this is where you departed. But if you uh, if you have any messages for me, any guidance, uh, I, I'd sure listen. So the way the town is kind of uh, set out is, you know, kind of layers up. 
as it goes up the hillside as, as these terraces are carved in. So there's kind of a main way up and the house is off the side. So like the houses nearest the center have the widest area in front of the houses before the edge of the terrace. And as they get further back, that kind of almost row in front gets narrower and narrower. Now, where you guys are, you're pretty out near the, the end of one of the terraces. So there's a pretty big wide area in front of that little house that you guys have. Interestingly enough, where the pyre was, not too far. Mm-hmm. Not quite exactly out front, but in that wide area of the terrace. So you're actually not far from where you guys have been uh, been set up to sleep. Now, the rest of you go ahead and head on into Crash, I assume. Yeah. Um, so there is. it takes a long time for you to make a connection. And you don't feel there's a lack of connection just it's almost like it is just slow going it's there the whole time but for some reason it just seems a little more difficult to grab a hold of now you don't get any voices you don't get any images even really but you do get a very strong feeling and it's not just like the connection is really close it, it's almost as though there's a thrum to it, almost like it's pulsing, uh, something that you've never noticed before. And it takes you quite a while to really sense it to where it almost almost sounds like a heartbeat. Hmm. Interesting. And that's really all you get after a while. Um, you do The stone here is wonderful, by the way. Like, oh, like, man, it's the best. Like, you know, there's a new appreciation, especially as you commune with it, um, to the point where, you know, initially you look around at these this wonderful city carved out of the stone but after you kind of commune with it it feels less like stone and more like bones mm. it, you didn't just feel that level of structure to it mm. um, but that's what you get after a while well great well after it, it sort of uh fades i'll um i'll stumble to my feet um maybe make one last pass through the square to see if some misguided lass is still wandering around <laughs> <laughs> you know maybe the blonde one <laughs> and then if if not i guess i'll Go in to sleep in the same room as my companions again. I listen for the telltale sound of her wooden leg. (laughs) (laughs) That means you can't get away that fast, so. Thump. (laughs) So they, um... Actually, uh, before, um, I mean, right, like, it's four hours, but, like, he'll wake up. It's probably still really dark out, um, and he'll head down to the dock. Um, Hold that thought. Yeah, okay. So, um, Father Becker, you, you know, by the time you're done doing your thing, the, the party's pretty much over. You know, everybody's kind of packed up and gone. And there were some still people down there uh, working. Obviously, there was a crew kind of set aside to, to put everything away and pick up. So they're doing their thing. But the party's over by the time that you actually kind of wander off um, and get to bed. And Roddy, you notice when he comes to bed. It's not yeah. that much later. But yeah. you guys you guys are crashing. And I know, Roddy, you want to get up early in the morning and you re- usually require less sleep. That's why you're a little startled um, when you are suddenly awoken uh, when there's a little bit of sunlight, but what woke you up was the sound of a squealing pig, and <laughs> oh I, really? I swear, I swear I had this written before all that. I swear I did. Yeah. Okay. Oh, god, oh god, I'm back in Georgia. So I love how me and Ethan both had where he said sound of a squealing pig, and we both went like made direct eye contact. Really? Not again. Before all of that, not again. So you, uh, all of your eyes come open, and you see the offending swine running from two small children. It's a boy and a girl. They quickly chase the piglet uh, back out, um, with the young girl stopping just before she leaves the door to utter a quick apology before padding off. 
it takes you a moment, you know, for your sleepy brains to kind of catch up to what just happened. Um, go ahead and everybody give me perception checks. 27. 30. God damn. 26. 26. <laughs> well, you guys all ace that. So you, <laughs> you know that moment sometimes after you wake up where it really does take a minute for your brain to kick in? Uh, you're kind of running off instinct there. You know, you no, start I don't up, know that feeling. You jumped up. Uh, and you realize that it's just this loose piglet, and they run out. So it, it, you didn't realize it, and then you kind of all had the moment where it occurs to you that those two children that were chasing that piglet back out were dwarf children. Hang on a minute. Whoa. What? Hmm. Hate them just like bolts. Those like, children were especially short. Look, <laughs> go to the door and look out at the village. So you step out of the door, uh, and you look on a beautiful morning. Still slightly windy and a little bit muggy, but just an absolutely pleasant temperature. The view of the bay in the morning is quite a sight. It's just wonderful. Um, you do quickly notice there are five ships in the bay. Uh, then it occurs to you that the city seems a little noisier. And you look around at a very different site, where before there was emptiness, now you see a bustling city. Instead of an empty terrace wall, you now see draped greenery and gardens. People move about on every level, and smoke rises from several buildings, followed by the scent of freshly baked bread. And dwarves. Nearly a third of all you see are dwarves. How long were we out? I, I think it's uh -oh. happened again. Oh, dear. Oh, oh no. heavens, no. You might find some lizard on a stick again, Father. Hmm. I could really go for some lizard on a stick. You there, boy. Hmm. <laughs> He's pointing at What year is it? What year is it? And, you know, indeed, the, the, the boy is, like, you know, giving you the startled look, like, what, 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 what? And he's like, I, 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 I'm, 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 eleven, eleven, twenty-one, eleven, twenty-one. Shit! I toss him like a copper from a time that's not. <laughs> <laughs> so this is Liz Jones. <laughs> Thank you, lad. Appreciate you. And for purposes of our readers, what, what day, what time, what year was it yesterday? Um, that would be a. Let's see, you guys are about five years before Roddy was born. Yep. Yep. Hmm. Well, <laughs> this time we've gone back farther than I'm even alive. Oh dear. We, I, how did this occur? I mean, last time we felt it was maybe a spell being cast along with a little bit of intervention. I, but, but nobody recalls a spell being cast uh, on us, do they? Um, I'm going to blame your god. <laughs> well, it's, you know. Because you do more stuff. It's, it's possible. I did have a moment. <laughs> Yours is the only one I remember to pronounce, so I'm going to blame it. <laughs> Things are a little bit hazy. Raja. By the okay. way. 50-50. Two <laughs> syllables. Sunlight is very bright this morning. Raisha, I never promised to be a bright man. Raisha is way easier than Imarin. It's a whole extra syllable. You know, um, I've got two thoughts. One, wow, that sunlight is bright. And, and hey, do you have some sort of analgesic or anything like that? Because my head is throbbing. I'm oh, so thirsty. Oh, you had that kind of party last night. I, um... <laughs> I'm not Take a second. <laughs> I think I was underrated on this podcast, really. <laughs> I, I, before I went to bed, though, I did take a moment to, um, I guess I have to tell them this, because maybe it had something to do with that. I don't think so. But I did take a moment to um, do a bit of meditation. And I can tell you that I felt the, 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 I felt the heartbeat of the mountain. There's something there. Uh, what did you do? Great power, a pul pulsation. Is that what you what called you do, her? The mountain? No, I, I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> All the girls had gone to bed, unfortunately. After uh -huh. done with that. Becker, what did you do? I didn't do anything. <laughs> I merely had a moment with my God, 
And when I went to bed, it was still um, the, the correct year. What were you doing when you were having a moment? I really need something to drink. Right now. Does anybody have anything to drink that's not alcohol? I mean, alcohol in a dwarven too. city, you're fucked. <laughs> I'd, like, I'd like a glass of water. They hand me an ale. I'm like, no, a glass of water. He's like, that's what I put in the car. That's ale. Diggy, diggy, hole, hole. There's water in diggy, there somewhere. Diggy, gold hammer. That's dwarf. Sorry, I was speaking in dwarf. Uh, your dwarfish is flawless. <laughs> <laughs> say normal words in a Scottish no, accent. No words you tell I think I think one shitty uh, UK accent's enough right now for me. Thank you. Wait till my next character. Mm. <laughs> well, okay. I'm gonna go vomit in the corner and then I'll come back and continue to talk to you guys. Hatham's definitely got like he's got like like one hand on his temple. He's like, there was a spell cast last time. This doesn't make any bloody sense. What is happening? Well, hopefully you're gonna get a chance to figure that out on the next episode of the Adventures Vault Podcast. I sure hope so. If we Not, keep going back any further, we're going to find dinosaurs here. None something. of it matters. This is just another dream. <laughs> oh, God. Bad oh, things no, happen in my no, dreams. No. <laughs> well, in that case, Hatham we're crossing will, the streams. Hatham will screw us all, so... Uh, Let's start murdering the town. Cast fireball on the lost of you. No, you don't. <laughs> Not anymore. You don't. Yeah, you're right. Uh, <laughs>